0: Welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, where this week we are joined by Downs Fanula Carr. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former Cavan goalkeeper, and a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. During this chat, Fanula opens up about the highs and lows of running her own business, Marval Power. She talks about applying the next ball mentality she learned in sport to business, as well as dealing with self-doubt and building confidence. We also chatted about retiring from the Intercounty game, the positive role Clonduff GA Club plays in her life, and becoming a mother for the first time. The player's voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. The podcast series is part of Bio 360, a GPA programme that empowers intercounty players across four key areas life skills, wellbeing, dual career, and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. That's B-E-O com to learn more. But for now, please enjoy this episode of The Player's Voice with Fanula Car. Fanula Car, you're very welcome to The Player's Voice. Thanks very much for joining us. How are you?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Alan. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: No, a real pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule and for, for making the time to do this. To, to kick us off, Neil, I was just going to start with I know recently you were at the GPA Business Forum as a guest speaker, and I know your life has been changing and evolving away from the field um, in recent years. So, to start, I was going to say, how was that experience? Kind of what was happening on the day? What were you talking about? Um, and what were kind of some of those lessons you were sharing with those who were present?
1: Um, Intimidating (laughs) was probably the first thing. My brother-in-law, Aaron Graffin, works for the GPA. So he had asked me um, just what I come in and chat about the the business that I had set up and probably the journey that the first five years had taken us on. Um, And I just wanted to try and tell anybody in the room who was maybe at the start of setting up a business or was thinking of setting up the business that to give them a bit of confidence or reassurance that it's an okay thing to do because sometimes we're our biggest doubters. You know, if you told me that you were going and setting up a business, I'd be like, brilliant, go for it, well done you. Whereas if it's ourselves, sometimes we're like, why would you do that? Like, what do you know about business? Sit back down. You know, that type of thing. So it was probably just to give and um, the people in the room like just a normal person setting up a business and that I can be done
0: and what was there? did you get any feedback afterwards? Kind of did you get to interact with current players that are there or that were there or that are you know at different stages or the beginnings of that journey? Did you have any interaction with those on the day?
1: We didn't because after they they were doing it as part of the day um so I didn't get to chat to anybody that was maybe in in the the audience, uh, I did get to chat to the two guys, Niall and, and Dean, and I found their stories really interesting. Um, both very different businesses, but both really interesting stories and how they came about it. Um, and then I just got a bit of feedback from Aaron, who thanked me very much and said it went really well and they're very delighted. So I'm hoping it'll be the first of many GPA business forbes.
0: Brilliant yeah like for anyone listening there I'm pretty sure that was Niall McNamee and Dean Siney who've both already been on the Players Voice podcast with us so you're the you're the last of the of the set so glad to have you today from the three of you Um, and I suppose you mentioned the word confidence there Fanula so kind of taking that word and maybe digging into that what gave you the confidence to branch out on your own in terms of your business and maybe give us a flavour of what it is that you're doing and where it came from.
1: So, whenever I set up the business, um, I was working in a company called Panda Waste in Dublin, um, and we we got an opportunity whereby it was installing LED lights and doing LED light retrofits with the primary, prime primary aim of helping customers and end users reduce their electricity bills. Um, along the way of that journey, we hired different people in to to work in the business and to to grow it. Um, and along that way, we met someone who had asked us if we were, had we done solar or are we interested in solar? And at that stage, we hadn't. You know, five, four years ago, um, solar was still probably quite new in in the Irish market. It was a big industry, but it, it worldwide. But in Ireland, it was, it was quite small. And we took a look at it and we said we'd give it a go. And we got our first two jobs in the solar and then COVID happened. So that kind of made us, you know, re- I was supposed to leave Panda. So I continued to stay in Panda whenever the business was in its infancy and grown. Um, and then I was due to leave Panda or I planned to hand in my notice in the early start of 2020, I think it was. But the pandemic happened and with the uncertainty in the market and, you know, customers... The solar um, projects that we do are high-end projects, so there is a lot of capital investment involved. And the c- customers then didn't really want to release high-end capital expenditure for projects like solar because, you know, people were so uns- unsure of the global markets. And that delayed me in leaving Panda. So sort of tipped along and was trying to do both in not really doing both and that's one of the lessons that I've learned is, you know, it is my business, so it's my responsibility and you can't rely on other people to have the same even passion or will for it to work as you do. Um I left Panda then I uh, end of twenty twenty and moved full time into the business then. And it was good. Um the solar started to kick off in Ireland. Uh, energy prices started to increase, the technology improved and prices came down. So payback periods for the, the, the solar panel projects, they, they were in around five, six years, whereas before they could have been seven, eight, nine, ten years. Um, so payback started to come down and energy and climate change started to become one of the main talking points in the news. So it sort of coincided and, and it, went, it went quite well from then.
0: So obviously, like as I'm listening to you there then, Fanula, so like you obviously spot a gap in the market or an opportunity for or a space that you can have an impact in. Um talk to me then a little bit about the actual moment, as you said, when you when you leave your your full-time job, the safety net, the kinda of money coming in every month and kind of all those more traditional work things that come at working the more traditional way to then branch out and go with it. Like I'm sure during those months, there's multiple both internal conversations and external conversations of like, am I mad? Should I be doing this? Should I like stay in my lane? Should I stay in my box? Actually, no, I should go. Um, Talk to me a little bit of kind of, I suppose, the messiness of that process. You still have.
1: (laughs) Am I mad? What am I doing? Um, Yeah. I, I fully believed in the business and I believed that we could make it work. So my business partner is also my my partner, and Derek. Derek uh, he is he is he's a very busy job with on the commercial in in industry. So I knew with his guidance that I would be able to to at least make a go of it. And I, I think the biggest thing was I asked myself if you don't try it and it feels what are you going to regret more not trying it mm-hmm. at all or trying and failing and you know at least you put yourself out there but so i asked myself that question and i decided it was worth the, at least the chance um i continued to have those conversations as i said as i said because you know it brings it, it brings its own stress and it brings its own sort of work life balance I think uh, in the complete question um, yeah. there is very little work-life balance uh, and there's very little like downtime but I I be- I always believe that if the business was given an opportunity that it would uh, that it would work I was probably naive in that hard work just isn't enough you know you can be a busy fool so you have to work a wee bit smarter as well and um, one of my strengths at the time was, is that I can see weaknesses and see what what the business needs. Uh, that is a strength and also a weakness because that sometimes led me to doubt myself and I I would nearly like overreach trying to, to go by what someone else says or get advice from someone else simply because I didn't trust myself or back myself. Um, and then just along the way, I learned that it's good to have people to go to for advice, but there's also a lot of people who will give you advice on what you should be doing and how you should be doing it. But those same people might have never done it or tried to do it in the past. Um, So I was very, I did speak to different people um, about the business, um, showed them a business plan and took it from there really. And yeah, you've got something there, go make it work. Um we got did get offers for someone to come in as like an investor or to buy a, a bit of the business and we didn't take it because it probably wasn't ready for that then and we would have been maybe looking back if we had it done then we would have been underselling so we kept going and thankfully in the last probably 12 to 18 months the business has gone really really well Um we have done fantastic projects we get great referrals and we get good feedback from our customers the industry is very busy um R- russia then put so much uncertainty in the energy market that prices increased and suddenly it became a really big thing that people were really looking at and starting to take serious we find in the last 12 months that while the process for a, a high-end solar ticket can be long you know they are. It is rewarded, and people are making the decisions to go solar. So it's sort of all tied in. And I got yeah. a wee bit lucky at the time in the timings, but I had to persevere for a long time to get to that stage. So it's been brilliant, but it but it has also been quite tough.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. um Like that overview, and I think whenever we. I'm lucky enough to sit down with like an entrepreneur or someone who's started their own business. Like it's always such an important point to cover of because it's easy for me to sit over here and say, hey, you set that up, you're doing great. Isn't that brilliant? Fair play to you. But like the challenges and you kind of alluded to there, like those doubts that come along the way and it's absolutely normal to have those moments where you think, oh my God, what am I doing? Or honestly probably have thoughts about quitting or going back to the nest or to like a safer space. Um, and you said there then that like, maybe you got a little lucky but obviously look luck, luck comes around when you're you, you've got to be in the game you know um in terms of so you see mentioned there for no like the the couple of external factors that kicked in has it surprised you then in terms of like in terms of growth or scale or the last 12 to 18 months how well things have started to go or was are you on track as kind of in terms of what you were hoping for
1: it has taken me by surprise, um, probably at the start the, the size and scale of the jobs and and the money figures that were being talked about. Um, whenever I worked in Panda, I would have looked after large contracts and and um big customers that would have spent you know large amounts of money that was that was based over a year's contract, whereas sometimes the projects that we were doing, it was so important to just focus on the job at hand and I always go back to sport you know a lot of my analogies and what I if I'm having sort of hard days or good days whatever days I always go back to sport but if it's a good day don't get too carried away because you're only as good as your last job if it's a bad day you know it's it's not it's not perfect you get setbacks you dealt with setbacks in the past you just don't you don't stop and you don't give in you don't quit you don't feel sorry for yourself and just go I'm going to give in here and it was important for me not to think about the size of the job involved and the and the value of the contract in money terms and just think of it as it's exact it's near enough the exact same process the exact same you know thing that you're selling there's just more panels there's just maybe you know four inverters instead of, of one inverter um and I learned that probably it was actually another gentleman Stan who's a business partner as well. He said, "Just you know, don't get don't get caught up in the value of them. Just you know, we we'll just do the jobs and do them well."
0: Yes, like you're saying as well, like not getting distracted by like the scalability of something. It's still just focusing mm-hmm. on the thing of yeah. of what it is and doing it and planning and the execution of it rather than the. I suppose the the pressure that comes with scalability or larger scale things is that kind of what you're saying there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't matter if it's going to be like a smaller job. If you, say if you have fifty panels to go on a roof, or you have a thousand panels to go on the roof, you just it'll take you more days to get the panels on the roof. You still have to have all your your ducks in order and your boxes ticked on how the panel get panels get there and get up. But well, you know, it's just it's going to take, you know, four weeks instead of two days. So it's Mm -hmm. the same thing as what you're doing in the first two days as you're doing in the last two days of the four weeks of being there.
0: And then as I was listening to you there, I know you kind of mentioned some of the lessons that came from sport that help guide you and help you kind of, it's almost like a focus on the next ball kind of mentality rather than, (laughs) you know, we're down, we're losing by 10 points here. What are we going to do? That's what jumped out to me as I was listening to you. But then also like I was curious is or did you always kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit in you or that desire or want to go this path or is it something that just popped up later in life and you backed yourself kind of what was the background to to you and kind of you then taking this kind of the road less traveled for yourself
1: um I never had a business idea that I really wanted to run with Um, I always wanted to do well in my career and work in the commercial environment, whether that be, you know, I worked as in property for a while and then I worked in the waste industry and I always wanted to keep being career driven. So mm-hmm. the opportunity for the business came along and I'd been in Panda at that stage probably five or six years and I knew that, you know, it was probably timing know, are you going to do it? Are you going to stay in Panda and try and get to the next level? But whenever I was in Panda, it wasn't very structured. So, you know, there wasn't the tears in the same corporate environment as there is now. Um, And I just was like, you know, if I don't try it, I'll regret it. And if it fails, it fails because Mm -hmm. I go back to the sport there. You know, you don't, you go out to win the championship every year. You don't always win the championship, but you don't regret it. Making the effort to do it, or to get into the semi final, or you know, if you get into the final and get beaten in the final, somebody said you'll be in this position next year. You know that's okay. Like yeah. eventually, if you keep knocking the door, you'll get over it.
0: Yeah, because I think as well as as I'm listening to you there, like obviously if you're outcome focused and we we'll, obviously we'll stick with the championship kind of metaphor, if you win it's all great and if feels it's all terrible like life and sports not really like that you know and along any journey there's there's lessons to be learned and memories to be created and you get yeah. to push yourself and flesh yourself out in different ways and like it had me thinking there as you as you bounce then from kind of yes i hear you in terms of focused on your career comfortable in the corporate world and climbing that world but then going out on your own and pursuing a business pursuing um like a startup and building something from the bottom up Talk to me a little bit about, kind of, I don't know whether it's the, the burden of leadership that you found or that, you know, I know you you touched upon it earlier, those kind of work life challenges. Talk to me a little bit about those in terms of, because listen, like I know people will be listening at various stages of setting up a business or having their own business or maybe thinking about it or haven't even started thinking about it yet, but they're in work and they're just kind of curious. Talk to me a little bit about those two things, so like the burden of leadership and I suppose, the challenges that's brought to like your work-life balance for yourself?
1: The leadership part at the, at the start was a wee bit different because there was only really myself in the company and growing it. Uh, the team has got bigger as we've gone along. So I probably struggled more with leadership in business than I did with leadership in sport. And that was because it was also the fear of it failing. Um, Whenever I was playing sport, one of my probably strongest points was communication and talking to people around us uh, on the pitch and, you know, encouraging them and guiding them and helping them through a, through a game and, and not to panic when things are going well and to push on when, when things are going well. I struggled with that in business because I didn't communicate as well. And I think that was um, a lack of confidence in myself and also a bit of fear of failure and panic Um the work life balance thing probably not the best person to answer that because I'm still juggling it all myself um, That but actually I
0: makes you one of the best people to answer <laughs> it <laughs>
1: I do think uh, downtime whatever it is um, that works for you I would be big on walking um, we got a dog at the end of uh, just after we won the All Ireland in 2020 so we got a dog and I made sure to get out for a walk every day fresh air Get out for a walk. Um probably learned to offload more and talk about the pressure of the business um and the doubts that I had. And you know, just talking about it, it helps as well. Uh, Derek was brilliant for that, and so were my family. Um I remember my dad and I said and he's like, I says, I just can't switch off from it. Like, I just can't get away from it. And he's like, Well, why not? Like he was—he was so simple, and <laughs> yeah. it was just why not? Like, what what is what is going to happen, or what, what are you going to do? And he wasn't really entertaining me, thinking and this all consumed. No, it's mm. so important, and I'm so busy. Whereas he just put it into he's like well, why not? So he put it really simply for me. Um, I also kept up with the sport. So even though the business was getting busier, I still took my time make sure that I went and trained and went to Camogie, and used it as my social um, aspect as well. And getting out of the house, I was still working from home with, with the COVID and everything going on and getting out of the house and just talking to other people. Um, I think that's the work life thing when you have a business is that your days generally do be longer. You know, you don't get to come home in the evening and just switch off. And if I have to work some nights till 11 o'clock, and I don't work, to say, from the hours of seven to half nine because of my training, I'll still go back and, and do my work and whatever I need to do, finish at 11. And I've learned along the way to stop putting as much pressure on myself when things aren't going as well as they should be going or as I don't feel they should be going, and to stop panicking a wee bit about it. it you know, it's things are going to happen and it's how you deal with them, you know. There's been times along the way where I think we talked about it earlier, saying, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? But there was never a point in that I wanted to quit or give up. So I've learned to manage the switching off better and that when I switch off now, I switch off, I read a lot of books and it's it's books that don't really require a lot of thought. It might be an idle rom com, yeah. Like, just feel good switching off, um. Or it might be one of those, you know, murder mystery detective ones. But I do read a lot of books, and
0: you're purposely not reading books like leadership or entrepreneurship or how to start do a startup at a hundred date. You're purposely trying to create that space for yourself.
1: I used to listen to a lot of those um, high performance spot podcasts, um, and, and the Diary of a CEO and those things, mm-hmm. and i made a conscious effort to stop doing it because it can add to the pressure. I listened, one of the best podcasts I ever listened to was with a, a guy called Nims Persia. And it was on really mindset. And he had climbed Everest and, you know, climbing Everest, you know, is can be life or death. Um, and someone had stolen his backpack and he chose to think of it as, well, someone needed that backpack more than me. So how you frame your mind and perspective um, and how you respond to things is is all to do with your mindset.
0: And like to that point then with mindset and like as I'm listening to you there talking about kind of because sometimes I suppose when we talk about work-life balance, people are either trying to look for a silver bullet or someone's. sometimes people are trying to sell you a silver bullet. But as I'm listening to you there, Fanula, it's more just around kind of basic decisions that you're making and conscious decisions to give yourself space Um and I suppose to keep repeating those things like the the reading one is a good example the walking one um but just also giving yourself permission then to not be all consumed and I know you go back to what your dad said like why not but just giving like giving yourself the freedom to actually have that time to yourself is that kind of what you're touching upon here
1: yeah and whatever what it's whatever works for you so you know some of those podcasts will tell you you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this you don't need to do anything other than what is best for you so if best for you is turning off your laptop at four o'clock and going for a walk or going walking down to a coffee shop and having a coffee or if it's going and spending some time with family or whatever it is or if it's going to the gym whatever it is whatever works for you is what you should do for your downtime and that's not mm-hmm. what someone says what they have done on a podcast do you know what I mean definitely and that's right I made a conscious effort not to not to, to get too involved in them I just did my own thing really
0: No I think that's such an, like, that's such an important point uh, it's kind of it's, to some degree it's almost like stumbling across the right formula for yourself and there's a bit of trial and error to that and you know um, I often say to people like go and try something if you like it and it works for you great and if you don't well so, like you, you gave up an hour of your time or whatever it is you know um, and you don't have to do it again but just to try it and to kind of flesh things out a little bit um So that's kind of on the work-life balance side of things. And if I was going to throw it back to you as well, like um, we talked about the confidence and the leadership earlier and you kind of described the sense of maybe being very comfortable as a communicator on the field or or dealing with people, but kind of feeling a little more within yourself or within your shell and the business perspective. So... Talk to me a little bit of kind of how you then like work your way through that and kind of, you obviously know you have the soft skills, they're transferable, but then unlocking them to help you on the business side and leaning into them.
1: Something I'm still working on. Mm. So I can work very well with people who are similar minded to me, but not everybody being similar minded is not a good thing in a business. Like you need people to be different because everybody brings something different to the table. Um, some people, you need to let people, I had this fear of you know, not being in control um, in the business and I needed to just let people do their own job and trust them to do the job. Uh, I think that is something that I'm still learning and still coming, trying to, to be better at. Um I do think I'll get there eventually. I just have to make sure that the business stays in business long enough to get there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the burden of leadership. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like in the middle of all that, then you know, like we talk about confidence, and we talk about the the life, the work life balance, you. You, you also mentioned that sport was still a part of your life and that you chose to keep playing where maybe sometimes people will think, actually, I've got to sacrifice A to focus on B. But also then it sounds like you kind of found a way to maybe spread it out or switch. you, you it feels like you made found a way to make that work in the sense of sport becoming a, a positive outlet and an escapism then rather than maybe and correct me if I'm wrong here, previous times where that was your purpose or your real outlet or mm-hmm. focus. So talk to us a little mm-hmm. bit about that.
1: Um, I think um, I'm very lucky because my Kamoki Club at home is very close and very social, uh, but we're also quite competitive in that we still compete for our championship every year. So I was able to still have that drive and focus um, for the Kamobi and to get the challenge out of it and it was competitive enough that whenever I was there I was able to switch off and be there Um, along the way after we f- after I finished playing for Dine I I wanted to be able to still play for Klindorf because it was so important to me my club is very very important to me and the girls themselves were pro- were a very very close bunch and it doesn't matter really what age you are you could be 18 and or you could be 40, um, but we all get on very well. So I was lucky I had that there um. I'm not sure if that answers your question well enough, but mm-hmm. I still had the drive and focus on the competitive nature of Komobi in my club, that whenever I was able to step away from the business, you know, I was still being pushed there, you know, we were still competing at championships and Ulster championships. So, you know, I was able to just switch off. just go for it.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of, as I'm listening to you there, like say when it comes to burnout or work-life balance again, like sometimes people will feel the need to like cut things away because I've got to go all in on this one thing. But also, and listen, that can work for some people and it does work at times, but also there's another way in terms of having different pods or different pillars in your life that you can lean into for an hour or two during the week. And as you said, I think you mentioned Outlet there a couple of times or having that space, um, within all that Fanula like and obviously we'll come to kind of an overview of your your Camogie career in a moment but like you had a career span at senior level like over two decades and like you've been such a like an incredible servant about your club and your county and had lots of highs and lows along the way but as all that's going on and I know you became a mom in the middle of it all like as all that's going on do you have to change your perspective of kind of sport or how you see it or how you see yourself as an athlete in the middle of all that while you're juggling it?
1: I do, but I also think that came with the age as well because I did lay for a long time um, and I only really got success towards the latter end of my career, especially for Down. So my perspective changed completely whenever I had Finn uh, and he just became like, they literally handed me in the hospital and go, here you go. <laughs> Keep it alive. (laughs) So my perspective completely changed and he became the most important thing to me. Um, And then as he got older and, you know, he started his only personality, I want to work hard to give him a future and to work so that I provide from my family and you know whenever I did Late Panda Derek had a good job that he was able to support us you know my savings went down to next level and I didn't take a salary out of the business for a year but that was okay with me because I had the savings and I also believed in the business but then when Finn came along if that had been now I don't know if I would have stuck it out for as long as I did with the no salary because I, I wanted to be able to provide for him and I'm independent enough that I didn't want to rely on Derek as well. Mm. So my perspective has changed and that Finn is most important. The business is, is very important. Family is hugely important and Komogi is also important, but I have my priorities and they're, they're listed out in, in priority. And I think once you keep that perspective, then you won't go too far wrong.
0: Yeah, I think it's such an, it gets such a great way of of looking at it and again acknowledging that there are different pods there um but then it also sounds like on the business side too you see that as an opportunity to down the line be able to say to finn like you know that like to build that you've done like you did this or you built this or that's something that you were you worked hard at and that there was tough days at as you said worked for a year yeah. with no salary for example is that part of your thinking in the back end of like of all this
1: um I want to be able to show him a good work ethic and to teach him a bit of, you know, persistence and perseverance and resilience. Um you get that in bucket loads in sport. You get you I want to be able to, to show him that success is, is available if you work hard enough and get it. Um I also this might sound a bit mild, but I also want to show him a female working hard or, you know, there is that element too that you know, my my mom was out and mommy was out, and she worked hard, and you know she was good at what she did, and she ran a business, and and hopefully it works. There's no guarantees in life, but hopefully it works. So there is a bit of the female element in that as well. So I hope he listens to this someday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope he does too. I'll we'll take every listen we can get. You do um, no, like and with that finale, and you mentioned the show, like the perseverance and resilience there, and it comes. In buckets in sports and if it's alright with well, you'd like to take a kind of moment to kind of reflect on that window of um, I know you're still at it with the club but when you look back in terms of your stint with Down and obviously I know Down J and your family are, are quite synonymous as well like how do you look back on the times you had in in the Down colours um, now that maybe you're a little bit you know you can kind of look at it in the rear view mirror rather than just being fresh out of it
1: you yeah. I just I'm so grateful. Um and that is a big thing since Finn came along. I've started to really appreciate uh what I've what I've got. I go to bed every night and as like, people might think this is sounds cheesy or if it's just words, but I go to bed every night genuinely grateful and I say thank you for Derek, for Finn, for my own family and for the opportunity that I have in Marvel. Um I go, mm. and I know that not everybody's as lucky as I am. And I think that's, again, back to perspective mm. in that knowing what is most important, uh, Finn and family are always most important. Um, I look back on my career for Down and I started to just appreciate it. I played for so long. Uh, not everybody gets the opportunity to play for so long, but I also happened to finish playing Kamogi for Down, captain and captain an all Ireland winning team. Mm -hmm. And like that really doesn't happen a lot in sport. You don't, and not a lot of people get to finish on the real high notes. And I just, I just was so grateful for it. I really enjoyed it, particularly in the last couple of years. And I think when you're younger, you sort of take it for granted and you just keep going because you think it's always going to be there. I was so grateful for still competing at that level. And the girls that I played with and the last few years, you know two thousand eighteen, we got to an All Ireland final. Nobody really knows how. Like we, we didn't train as hard as we should have, but we ended up in All Ireland final. So it gives you a bit of in te- uh, incentive to go back again. We got to the All Ireland semi final and then got beat by Westmead. So you have a wee bit of incentive to go back and prove a point. But the next thing you know, you're thirty six years of age and you're you know, can I still do this? Um. So got back, won the All Ireland and. You know, had Derek there as manager, and my family all watching from home, and it was just something that I'm so grateful for it because it has taught me so much. Like we had so many disappointments along the way, and we had so many near misses, and almost had had got there, never got there, got there and then didn't win or didn't get over the line, and got injuries, got like quite not career threatening injuries, but. You know, annoying enough injuries that you have to take a couple of months out of the game, broken ankles, media ligaments and knees and broken thumbs and that teaches you a lot about if you want to get back playing, you have to get back, you have to do your rehab. So you have to do all the things off the field that nobody sees you doing and you have to keep yourself going because nobody else is gonna keep you going. And I think that's that's also helped me a lot in the business, in that so much of the work that I do is on scene because I do it from home and in Yuri. Um, but I can't afford not to work because now I have thin support and now I have, you know, proper adult responsibilities that, you know, 10 years should go <laughs> here. You're just like, well, nah, that's fine. Sure, we'll just go on and we try this business and it'll be OK. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now it's like we need to work hard. We have an opportunity here. Let's make the most of it. So I go to bed every night grateful for what I have. And I think once I keep that in, my, in the back of my head, then I'll always um, be OK.
0: And within that like changing of priorities that happened through like evolution, and I know you've acknowledged the gratitude you had for the time you have and finishing on a high like that in terms of winning an All-Ireland and being a captain. Was it still hard to let that strand of your athletic identity or sporting identity go? Was that still challenging or were you more com- like by the time it came around, were you comfortable to kind of to move on to the next chapter of your life?
1: No, I was quite comfortable because... Age, I'd given so much time to it. I'd enjoy it. I'd enjoyed it. I'd gotten success, but not everything lasts forever. um And then it's not that I was ready to stop playing for Camogie for dying. It's just that I was more at peace knowing that I had got the absolute most out of it. I had got a couple of injuries like that kept mm. you know happening, cab tears and cab tears and calf tears, and I did three different tours and one cab in one year. So I just I knew my time was up. I knew I would gotten a lot out of it and I was more than happy to just go back to supporting supporting Diane as a as a supporter.
0: And then obviously like leaving that chapter behind. I know you touched upon it earlier, but just to kind of acknowledge it again, Fanil, of like kind of knowing that you had your club there in terms of being um supposed to give you similar things but also in in a way in or in a place you can do it more on more on your terms would that be right to say like so it was kind of a safe landing spot as you as you stepped away from or as you stepped away from the intercounty game um
1: i would say it it, it was probably a safe space and and that i still had it to go back to but also wanting to be able to go back to it and and give it a good commitment and a good proper playing years because I played for down for so long. And the thing about female sport is that there's a lot more conflict in between the county and the club and that you feel that you, especially in the early years, that you felt that you had to train for both. Um, Like I remember we would have trained at the club in the morning and then ran on to county training or vice versa and train twice, two full sessions in the one day. That would be nuts now. Mm-hmm. But you had this sort of, Tugging your emotional, emotions emotional side of things, and that you know if you didn't do it, you were you preferred one over the other, or you were letting the other ones down. Um, and then I just wanted to be able to to still play for Klindoff, um, and to to keep active because if I didn't keep active, I'd be the size of a house. <laughs> I needed to stay fit and healthy, and uh, it's a good way to keep the exercise up.
0: Definitely, and then and I know linking it back to. To business and work life balance as well, having that social outlet and having that, as you said, it's exercise or a, and a safe space to be and to kind of to go in and just blend into a group rather than if you're in work and you're kind of it's all, stuffs on your shoulders, you know what I mean? Or if you're in the house, there's a good chunk of the pressures coming on your shoulders there. I'm sure if Finn kicks off in the background right now, you'll have to go running. So um
1: I can hear the dog trying to break down the door downstairs to get in.
0: <laughs> um. No, he's been—he's—they've—they've they've both been good for the last forty minutes or so, and I just kind of as I kind of bridge towards the end of this Finula and then um, I know you mentioned there that kind of say training with the club and training with the county on the same day and often in female sports like the burden of responsibility or decision making keeps kept falling back on the player and in some ways still is and I just kind of based on your experiences and the the huge bank of experience you had about with club and with county like just kind of what you make of what's going on at the moment in terms of the GPA and the female players playing under protest kind of what you think as you look on and kind of what your hopes are for what happens in that regard.
1: I just hope that the female players are given the opportunity to, to showcase on equal terms. And like we, like female players aren't asking for Rolls Royce service. They're not at all. Like they're just asking for certain standards to be met, that they're treated as equal human beings, as their male counterparts. Um, I think that females are also their own worst enemy and that we put up with it for too long without without questioning it. Like it took a very brave step by Aoife Lane to even set up the women's GPA. And she did it because, you know, Kate Kelly was like a triple All-Ireland winner in Wexford. And she was walking around and, you know, people didn't really know Kate or... Not that they didn't know. Her, excuse me, that's wrong to say. But they weren't. They didn't appreciate her in the same way that they might have appreciated a hurler who had no All Ireland medals. And I think it's it's going to take baby steps. Like I don't think it's going to happen overnight. And I know that there's still talks on going about a one one association. But in order to do that, people have to be, at least be willing to communicate. And I know that. There's not a lot of communication at the top level in order to, for that to happen. The players themselves have taken a brave stand in that they're they're making a protest, but they're also showing their love for their game and their respect for the game and that they're continuing to, continuing to play the game. Um, I think females also need to start supporting females. You know, it's still too easy for a lot of people to just go to men's game because you know it's the way it's always been done and um, I think we need to start supporting our own you know and having more people engaged and appreciating it I'm just giving it a level playing field like we're starting to see it in some regard for you're seeing more games on tv and on national tv or t and we have the streaming services now and we're able to show the games. Like, if you watched Kite Devan's goal at the weekend, you know, Peter Duggan tried the exact same thing in the Clare and Kilkenny game. It just happened to be saved this one. If he had got the goal, I know that Peter Do- Duggan would have been all over the back pages in Irish sport on Monday. He would have been. Whereas Kite Devan had the exact same <laughs> strike and she rattled it into the back of the net. And, you know, I don't think that. I've even read about it in any of the papers, really, or it's it's been given that much coverage. Um, I think we need to continue to push for equal standards, but we also have to start supporting ourselves. And until we support ourselves and really put the pressure on, and that means also, you know, our brothers and our male family members supporting ourselves and the friends supporting themselves. Um and going to the games, like actually physically being at the games is so important. Um, I just hope that the associations themselves start to realise that the world is different now to what it was 10 years ago and that the people at the top levels and the people on the executives and even I know in Down GAA, you know, you know Down GAA is a footballing county and... They pay a bit of respect and, and lip service to the girls but they don't pay enough of it and i think until we start to see a change at the top level i think we'll still still be fighting fighting the battle and to t- making things happen
0: yeah i like and as i listen to you there i suppose one of the big differences now is that like obviously it started with the WGPA and that's fully merged into the GPA where Both organizations came together. It's one organization prioritizes equality, like the Players' Voice series is done in collaboration with the Gaelic Players Association, and like, I think one of the big differences for now is, and we've had multiple players on recent weeks, you know, I've talked to Cora Staunton, we um, have talked to Chloe Morey, Gemma Begley was on, that there's actually a collective voice now pushing forward rather than, you know, sometimes it was teams fighting their own corner with their own county board. And even going back to what I said earlier, like, the responsibility falling on players, like, this is trying to... there's There seems a very large sense of collective will and um commitment to making that, I suppose, making the norm better and not having to push and fight for the basics. And I know lots of stuff, good stuff has been going on. We'll keep having the conversations here. I know people like yourself, your voice, your experiences can lend to that and add to that. Um, But I suppose kind of as a wrap up, like, are you hopeful for a positive solution and positive development in the, in the shorter term rather than maybe the, the five year window, which seems to have been bandied around a little bit?
1: I'm hopeful because... Whenever the women's GPA and the GPA merged, that was a big step, particularly for the boys. Um, It was a big step for the girls because I never seen myself any really different from any of my brothers. I was never treated any different at home. Um, But it was a big thing for the boys um to recognise us on an exactly level playing field. And... You know, there was a, a fear or a concern that they might have to give up some of what they had or they might miss out on some stuff, but, and it, it transpired that they didn't, but there was that fear that it might happen and they were still prepared to do it or willing to do it. That took huge leadership from the GPA and those involved with the GPA at the time, like Paul Flynn's involved and Kieran Barr, and those type of people were very open to the conversation. And not only were they open to the conversation, but this conversation needs to happen and this is, you know, we want this. You're the same as us. And that took a lot of leadership. And I think, am I hopeful for the associations? I don't, I'm not as hopeful for the associations to get together um, in the short term as maybe I, I would like to be, but I do, I am very hopeful because it's a new generation and there's new players the females have found their voice, they have support in, in their male counterparts. And I don't think that that is going to go away. So, you know, I'm very hopeful for what that will bring. I just hope it brings it sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, I think that's like, that's a good note to end on, fanula I want to just thank you for sharing your voice and your experience with us both on and off the field today obviously want to wish you the very best of luck in this current and next chapter of your life both in business sense but also in family and as you continue to play with your club and I said yeah I better let you go here before can, and so you can go and give that dog the, the attention it's looking for downstairs I'm going to
1: have no back door left
0: I, I just want to say again thank you I know you've, you've taken time out of your busy schedule there I know you've got child's asleep dogs downstairs so thank you for joining us I really appreciate your insights and perspective Um, and I know there's players listening both current past and future intercounty players that are listening to this series and I know your experiences and your insights will will help them on whatever part of the journey and whatever their journey is taking them so thank you very much for being with us today
1: yeah no thank you very much thank you very much for asking me as well Uh, I really did enjoy it
0: thanks for listening to the latest episode of The Player's Voice You can find all our previous episodes with leading Intercounty GA players like Patrick Horgan, Cora Staunton, Dan Morrissey and Ashley Maher by searching The Player's Voice on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And while there, you would really be helping us out if you rated or reviewed the show. Before I go, I just want to remind you that The Player's Voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. The podcast series is part of BIO360, a GPA program that empowers inter-county players across four key areas: life skills, well-being, dual career, and transitions. Please go to bio360.getherplayers.com to learn more. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and well-being consultant with sports and business leaders around the world, please check out realtalks.ie. Thanks for listening.